Welcome to the Verse by Verse podcast, a ministry of the Friendship Congregational Bible Church. I'm Richard Church, the teacher on Verse by Verse, and I'm glad you've joined with us today as we study together God's infallible word, verse by verse. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Today we're going to finish up this passage that's talking about the, the, uh, really the equipment that God has provided to the believer to fit him for the battle that is described here in chapter 6, that battle that is against principalities and powers, and all of the, the uh, armor and the equipment that God has provided for that battle is a, a spiritual equipment. Right? And it describes all those pieces of armor there, the, the having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. In verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I want you to notice that the sentence does not end at the end of verse 17. Verse 18 is not starting a new topic, rather it's still talking about what God has given to the believer to fit him for this battle. And, and verse 18 uh, begins to talk about prayer. Any soldier who goes out and fights in a battle, that soldier is not uh, you know, alone on his own. That soldier has to be able to uh, receive instruction. We talked about the, the word of God, but he has to also be able to communicate with his commander. Right? And, and if all the soldiers were just to be out there in the battle, just doing whatever they thought was right without any means of communication, it wouldn't be a very effective thing. And so we, we receive our instruction, uh, we receive our, our orders, our commands, so to, so to speak, from the Word of God, but prayer is a resource that God has provided to the believer to be able to communicate with Him. You say, when you come to the Word of God, that's God speaking to you. When you go to God in prayer, that's you speaking to God. All right? Now, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of misconceptions often that people have about prayer. Uh, many times people think that, that prayer, I, I, think, I think many people approach prayer as if they provide some benefit to God by praying. Um, as if they need to inform God or as if they need to instruct God. Uh, I think that, that uh, there's many people who just think the world couldn't operate if they weren't there praying for all those things to, so that God knew what he ought to do, right? But prayer, really, it's, it's not so much for God's benefit. I mean, you understand uh, the scripture says that God, God knows what you have need of before you ask of it, right? It, it's not for God's benefit, but it's for our benefit. Prayer is something that God has provided for us that's for our benefit, all right? And as we come down through this verse, just, just this one verse here, verse 18, um, as we go through it word by word, it reveals a lot of important things for us regarding prayer. Uh, verse 18, let's just read the whole verse and then we'll come back and just, just take it word by word. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And uh, verse 19 goes on, Paul asks a, a personal prayer request, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. In, 
In the battle in which we're engaged, because it is a spiritual battle, because it is not a, a, you know, a literal, physical, visible battle that we're involved in, it's easy to lo- lose focus of what the battle really is. It's easy to get wrapped up in the things of, of this world, and it's easy to get wrapped up in the things that we can see and touch and, and the things of the physical world and forget about the battle that's going on. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the great benefits of prayer is that it, it changes the focus. See, prayer isn't about changing God. It's not about changing God's will as if, if I bring the, the right arguments or I you know, use the right formula for prayer, I can change God's mind to do something other than what he, he would have done. That's, that's how many people approach prayer. God is not some giant vending machine that you, know, you put in the right prayer and you get out the, the you know, piece of bubble gum that you want. Uh, that's not the way God works. Okay, but prayer is an essential thing for the believer. Some people would say, well, if you, you know, if prayer isn't about just getting what you want, then, then why do you pray? And again, prayer is not so much about changing God as it is about changing us. Verse 18, one of the things Paul repeatedly talks about when he talks about prayer, or what you find in the first two words there, he says, praying always. And in other passages, it says, pray without ceasing, Right? And prayer is not something you do, for instance, in, in some denominations, they have certain hours of prayer. And at this hour and that hour, there's, you know, there's prayers to be said. The truth is, prayer is something we should be engaged in all the time. There is no hour of prayer. Um, if there's an hour of prayer, it's whatever hour you happen to be in at the, at the moment. Paul says praying always. And the word always there, it means on, on every occasion. Um, to, to pray without ceasing for the believer... Uh, we ought to be in constant prayer. Now, that's not something that just happens naturally. That's something you have, to, you have to cultivate. And you see, as you cultivate that attitude of prayer as you go through your daily life, as, you know, as situations come up, if your first response is to be in prayer about that thing, do you see how that changes the, the focus of the believer? You know, if your first instinct when some problem comes up is to, to worry about it or, or just think, you know, what do I have to do about this, that kind of thing, there may be some profit in that in a temporal sense, but you see where it puts the focus. It puts the focus on me. But to pray about that thing puts the focus on God. It puts you in a mindset of thinking about what is the will of God, okay? And, and so Paul says for, for the believer who's going to fight this battle, we need to be always in prayer, now, again, when you relate this to the, to the larger analogy that he's making about the, the, the soldier in combat, uh, in, in Paul's day, the, the ability of a soldier to communicate, uh, even, of, you know, even of an officer, to communicate was very limited, uh, especially in the heat of battle. Uh, today, we have, we have great capabilities when it comes to communication. And uh, we, you know, we have all kinds of technology that allows us to have instant communication. As, as Paul was talking here about this, this resource of the believer and being able to always come to God in prayer in the midst of this spiritual battle, that was something that the Roman soldier didn't have at his disposal. But, but the believer had this ability. And even today, even with all the technology that we have, um, communication is not 100% reliable. Uh, the enemy can jam communications. There can be uh, things break down. You, you can have interference that uh, allows your message not to get through. But for us as believers, when it comes to praying to God, we, we never have to worry about the message being jammed or being intercepted or, or whatever. Uh, you know, there's people that teach that. There's people that teach that, um, you know, if you're, not, if you're not doing all the right things or, or whatever, that God won't, won't hear your prayers. But 
Think about the fact, think of another analogy that's often used. This, you know, this is a battle analogy here. But, but think about the fact that you're a member of the body of Christ as well. And, you know, in the same way, your, your mind communicates with all of the parts of your body to receive information from them and to, to instruct them. And, again, the, the idea that, that God would cut off some member of his body from that communication. See, the access that we have to God and the ability that we have to always come in prayer is not based on the fact that we are always obedient. It's not based on, on anything we've done. It, it's an access that we have by grace, you see. And so, so the belief, you never have to worry about whether your prayers are being heard. If you're, a, if you're a member of the body of Christ, if you have trusted in what Christ accomplished in the shedding of his blood and in, in his uh, burial and his resurrection, if you are, you know, you've trusted in that, that's the basis for your ability to communicate with God the Father. And so we can pray on every occasion. Uh, there are not, for the Christian, there are not days of prayer. There are not hours of prayer. There's just, there's just prayer, praying always. And he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Well, what, is, what does that mean, praying with all prayer? I mean, obviously, when you're praying, you're praying with prayer. You realize there's a lot of different kinds of prayer, right? There's private prayer. There's public prayer. There's, there's different... Um, you know, obviously, if you're going to pray on every occasion, it doesn't mean you're going to bow down on your knees and pray every time that you pray, uh, although that certainly is an appropriate posture for prayer. And, and the scripture talks about bowing the knee to the Father and, and that kind of thing. Um, but, but obviously, there's many different ways to pray. Uh, there are prayers that are, are, you know, well thought out and planned out in advance. There are prayers that are uh, just just... Again, some situation comes up and you, and you say a quick prayer. And when it says here, praying always with all prayer, it's saying the believer ought to take advantage of all those different kinds of prayer. You see? Uh, you know, for, for somebody who just, you know, many, many uh, professing Christians will memorize various prayers. And, and they'll pray those things, you know, pray, pray that prayer over and over and over again. Uh, again, maybe even taking it from Scripture or, or something like that. But to, pray, to them, that's, that's all prayer means. It's just some, something that you repeat. And, you know, to, if that's your view of prayer, you're missing out on so much that God has provided. And, and likewise, if, for instance, if the only time you ever pray is when you're asked to pray in public, um, you're not praying with all prayer. Okay, now that's not to say you shouldn't pray in public. Now, Christ gave some instruction about that. You know, the, the general rule um, that, I, that I try to apply is your public prayers ought to be short and your private prayers ought to be long. Um, Christ, Christ talked about those who, for a pretense, make long prayers. And many of these long prayers are not so much about focusing on God, it's about focusing on the one that's praying and, and trying to get attention for them. Um, you know, it's, it's not to say you should never pray in public or, or whatever, but don't do it like the people Christ was talking about, just to be seen of men. All right? But, but there's all kinds of different ways to pray. You can pray when you're driving in your car. Uh, you don't have to close your eyes or, or uh, certainly bow your knee or anything like that. Um, but when you're alone in private, maybe you choose to, to bow your knees and to take that physical pro- posture that represents submission to the Lord, okay? And when it says praying with all prayer, it, you know, we tend, to, we tend to fall into certain patterns in our prayer. Uh, even, even if we're not 
even if we're not reciting prayers. For instance, uh, people's prayer at, at meal. You know, if it is your, your habit to pray at meals, you, you probably notice. And by the way, that's a, you know, an excellent opportunity for a father to demonstrate the headship that he has in his household to, to be there at that table and to pray to God on the behalf of his household, giving thanks and sanctifying that meal. Um, the, you realize that, you know, I mean, eating, eating food is a very base act. It's, it's just one of the basic needs of the body. It's a very fleshly act, right? It's a, a feeding of the flesh. But by taking and, and setting it apart in prayer, it becomes a spiritual act. It becomes a meal eaten unto the Lord, you see? And, and uh, what a great opportunity for a father to lead his family in prayer there at, at the daily table. And, um, and again, it, it serves the purpose if you, if you cultivate that habit, see, even if you somewhere mid-morning you lose track of spiritual things, but you pray in a meaningful way there at lunchtime, you see, it serves to kind of recalibrate things back to where they ought to be. You see, eating is something we do regularly every day, and by, by developing that habit of giving thanks at each meal, even if you, you forget to, to pray at other times and you lose that focus, if you develop that habit just by habit and routine, you, you pray at that meal and, and helps get your focus back. Now, if all your prayer at a meal is is just, just you know, trying to think up a few things to say because that's your tradition and that's your habit, that's not really meaningful prayer. Okay? But to pray in a meaningful way there at that meal and to, and to sanctify that meal and set it apart, um, and, and to eat that meal with a focus on the Lord, so that's the focus. And that's, the focus, that's really the, the, the issue in all of prayer, is that change of focus for the believer. So, so my point is, back in our text there, when he says praying with all prayer, the idea is there's a lot of different occasions on which you pray, there's a lot of different ways in which you pray, uh, different postures, different, different settings, okay? And for the believer, if we're going to pray all the time, you can't just set yourself to praying in one way. Right? I mean, if, you're, if your way to pray is to, to bow your knee, well, you can't pray all the time like that. Right? If, if that's the only way that you pray, you probably don't pray very much. Um, certainly not praying always, as the verse talks about. But we're to pray at all times and in all ways, really would be another way to say what the verse is saying. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Now, supplication is a specific kind of prayer. Prayer is just a general term. Supplication is a specific kind of prayer, and you may even see in the beginning part of the word, the word supply. It's specifically asking God to supply something, okay? And what, what uh, Scripture says is that we are to, you can put a mark here, turn over to Philippians chapter 4. The very next book after Ephesians is Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6 says, be careful or anxious or worried, full of care literally is the idea. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, people wonder about what things they ought to pray for. That verse tells you what you ought to pray for. You ought to pray for what you request. Let your requests be made known unto God. All right, now, you ought to pray intelligently, and you ought to pray with an understanding of God's Word. You ought to pray understanding what things God has said in His Word He's going to do and what things He's not going to do. All right? But you should pray 
for what you, you know, as you, as you grow. Here's, here's the thing about prayer. As you grow in your understanding of God's word, it changes your prayer. Very often when somebody first becomes a believer, they, they pray in just, you know, very much like a, like a little child might talk to their parent. And they pray, very often their, their prayer is just a list of all the things that they want. Okay? As you grow, prayer becomes something much deeper than that, as you grow in your understanding of God's word. But wherever you're at in your walk, if, if you're requesting, if you in your heart are requesting one thing of God, and yet somebody says, well, you can't pray for this, this, and that, and so you, you just you know, force yourself to say other words than what you really request from God, what are you really praying for? See, I would submit you're really praying for that thing you, you want from God in your heart, okay? And um, the, the thing to understand here in Philippians 4 is what the promise is with regard to prayer. The promise is not make your request, let your request be made known unto God, and God will give you everything you ask for. Rather, it says, verse 7, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, when you, when you pray about things, when you pray about things that are, are big, sometimes, sometimes there's situations that there's nothing you can do except to pray. And yet when you pray and you consider who it is you're praying to and you consider the relationship that you have with him and you consider the security that you have in, in Christ by God's grace and you think about those things, all of a sudden that big problem, it's still there, it's still a problem, but it's not such a big problem anymore, is it? See, it, it, and it's not, it's not even that, that God, on the basis of your prayer, reached down into your circumstances and made everything all right, but rather that, that uh, change of focus in prayer allows you to, uh, to view that circumstance in a, in a different way. Uh, go back to Romans chapter 8, another passage here on prayer, important passage to understand as well. Um, I don't think it's really even that, that helpful to get all wrapped up in questions about what should I pray for and what shouldn't I pray for. Um, the thing is, if you, if, you will, if you will get into God's word and learn what God's will is, it'll adjust your prayer accordingly, okay? You know, if it's just about a, a, you know, an outward thing of, of what things should I pray for and what things shouldn't I pray for, here's what Romans 8 verse 26 tells you. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, the things that we ought to pray for, um, we, don't, we don't have time in this lesson, but I encourage you to go through especially Paul's epistles and look at the, the recorded prayers there. We've, we've looked at two of them in our study in the book of Ephesians. Uh, you can see in the book of Colossians and other places and the things that he prayed for. And you know what you're not going to find? You aren't going to find um, prayer for money to pay the bills. Uh, you aren't going to pr- find even... Um, Hardly at all any prayer regarding health concerns or those kinds of things. That's not to say you shouldn't pray for those things, but understand what you do find recorded is you find prayer for the saints, prayer that they would be built up in Christ, that they would um, be, be uh, well, let's just, let's just look at one example. Um, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 
Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, that... The, the prayer that's recorded there is representative of other things you find that, that Paul records that he prayed for these saints. And you know what he's concerned about when it comes to them? Now, this is supplication, right? He's praying for God to supply something for those saints. But he's not praying for God to supply them money. He's not praying for God to supply them health. He's praying for God to supply them wisdom and understanding through really through his word, you say. And that's just a, a pattern you find there. Now, does that mean you shouldn't pray for people when you're when they're sick? I think you should pray for people when they're sick. But keep in mind, don't just pray for the the health of their body without praying for their their spiritual condition and how that's affected by their sickness and for strength to go through that and for them to have a, a reliance on the Lord and, and those kinds of things, right? And uh, that's the pattern you see of prayer here. But regardless Romans 8 told us we don't know how to pray as we ought, but rather what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Do you know that if you pray all wrong, if you pray for all the wrong things that, that really aren't, you know, don't, don't matter or whatever, that the Holy Spirit is still going to intercede for you according to the will of God? Okay, so whether you're praying right or wrong isn't the issue. Okay, now, like I say, you should understand some things from God's Word about what God is going to do and what He isn't going to do, right? And that will affect how you pray. But realize that, that uh, the Holy Spirit's always making intercession for you according to the will of God. Again, break out of this mindset that if you don't pray right, then you're going to miss out on something, right? Because, because that's based in the idea that you have to pray in a certain way to get what you want from God, and that's not what prayer is about anyway. right? That's most of what, in, in the world, and even much of professing Christianity, that's what they focus on when it comes to prayer. What's the right formula for prayer? Um, there's, a, there's an acronym that people use to, to uh, remember all the different parts of prayer, and it's ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. Okay, and, and they try and remember, and, and the idea is you put the adoration at the front and, and tell God how great he is, kind of butter him up a little bit. You confess how bad you are, you give him thanks for the things that you have, but really what they're focusing on is the supplication at the end, and they think if they did all that stuff right at the beginning, then they're going to be more likely to get what they pray for at the end. That's not what prayer's about. Um, if we go back to our text here, Ephesians chapter 6, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The, when, when you look at the, you know, the, the biblical example of prayer, and, and this is true whether you're talking about in Paul's epistles, it's true about the, the Lord's Prayer, it's true about uh, Christ praying to the Father in, in the garden. The biblical example for prayer, as far as what you ought to pray for, is Find out what the will of God is from his word and pray for that. Pray for the will of God to be done. And if you don't know what the will of God is, you just pray for God's will to be done. Now, understand 
God's will is going to be done whether you pray for it or not. God's not dependent on you to pray in order to carry out his will, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying that, so hopefully, so hopefully you'll get it. Um, God's not dependent on you to pray the right way in order to carry out his will, but prayer isn't about a benefit to God. Remember, prayer is about a benefit to the believer. And so, the, you know, in, in growing in prayer and, and, you know, learning about prayer, you come to God's word, you find out what God's will is, and you pray for that. Wasn't that what Paul was doing for those Ephesian saints there in Ephesians 1? Wasn't it, didn't he know it was God's will for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened? Didn't he know it was God's will for, for them to be filled with that spirit? Didn't he know it was God's will for them to to know and understand the things that he talked about there? That's God's will for all believers to know those things. And so Paul could pray those things, not trying to guess about what the will of God was or, or whatever. He could pray those things for them knowing that was the will of God for them. That's the same kind of thing he's talking about here when he says that we are to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is not speaking in tongues. That's not praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is just like walking in the Spirit, when you walk in the Spirit, it means you're allowing the Spirit to, to influence and control your walk. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're allowing the Holy Spirit of God to influence your prayer. How does the Holy Spirit do that? Does He just, you know, whisper in your ear or give you some feeling about what you ought to pray or whatever? The, the Holy Spirit is working through the Word of God, right? Prayer is an opportunity to take the things you understand from God's Word and echo them back to God and pray them back to Him and pray His will back to Him. And if you get it all wrong, the Holy Spirit's still going to pray according to the will of God anyway. Okay? Uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And it says, watching thereunto with all per- perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, when it says watching thereunto, it's not talking about watching for, your, for your, you know, the things you request to be fulfilled. That's not the idea here, here in this verse. The watching is it's talking about watching for opportunities and, and occasion for prayer. Watching for those opportunities. Um, I, think, I think probably a lot of the, the uh, intent there is uh, talking especially about praying for other saints. By the way, that's another uh, pattern you see in prayer, at least in Paul's epistles, is you don't see recorded Paul praying for himself. You see him asking other people to pray for him, but what's recorded is him praying for them. I think we spend way too much time praying for ourselves and not praying for others. But when he says watching thereunto... It's watching for that opportunity for, for prayer, watching in other saints for things that they may need prayer for. Now, we often pray for, for fellow saints when they're sick and, and, you know, going through hard times and that kind of thing, but it doesn't take a lot of watching to, to see those kinds of things. And uh, the, the idea is that we should be, you know, looking at one another's lives and concerned about one another to the extent we're looking for opportunities to pray for one another. Um, and, and watching thereunto, just like that soldier in the battle is going to be watching what's going on around him. See, he needs to be concerned about what's coming at him, not, not at the moment that the, that the uh, sword blade is about to strike him, but he needs to see what's out there ahead. And he needs to be communicating that information back to, to other people. Um, so the watching here is a vigilant watching watching for that opportunity of prayer, knowing what's going on in the lives of other saints and praying about those situations and praying for them and praying for God's will in their lives. And it says to watch thereunto with all perseverance and supplication 
for all saints. In fact, the focus of the whole, this whole verse is not about praying for what I want. It's about praying for what God wants for that other saint. Praying for God's will in their life. Praying for them to be built up in their understanding of God's Word. Praying that, that uh, God's Word would be applied to whatever situation they're in. And to do that with perseverance. And perseverance means you, you don't just, you know, you don't just mention it once in prayer or, or you know, watch, watch for that situation one time, but you keep doing it over and over and over again. You, you keep on with it. You persevere in it. Um, and, and you see, again, the focus there is not supplication for ourselves and our needs, but it's supplication for all saints, for all saints. I hope you understand that a saint is not a dead Catholic. A saint is not somebody in a, a painting or a, or a, you know, a statue somewhere that you pray to to try and get special favors from God. A saint is any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The person sitting next to you is a saint if they've trusted Christ. You are a saint if you've trusted Christ. A saint is someone that's set apart as holy, and we're certainly not, not holy because of what we do, but God has chosen to justify those that, that uh, believe in Christ and what he accomplished. Hi, I'm Richard Church, the teacher here on Verse by Verse. I'm glad you've listened to our podcast today, and I would like to let you know that if you have any questions about anything you've heard here, you can contact me by email at richard at richardchurch.com or by telephone 608-339-9522. I also encourage you to check out our church website at www.friendshipbiblechurch.com. Thank you for joining us today, and our prayer is that this program would be a blessing to you in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's grace.